Welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, episode 37. My name's John, and I'm joined by the lovely, lovely Ryan. Hey, everybody, it's Ryan here, and you're joining us on the Game Deflators. And what do we like to do here? I don't know, Ryan. What do we like to do here? We like to talk about the games that we have recently picked up, the games that we are currently playing, and sometimes we like to slip into our inky black suits and see what uh, might be inflated or deflated this week as we slick back our hair and do an awkward dance out the door in our third Spider-Man Spider-Month game. Today we're checking out Ultimate Spider-Man, which came out in between the very well-loved and received second Spider-Man Sam Raimi film and the third one with that dance scene. So I'll have you know... uh Ryan's being very sarcastic right now, or or are you being serious? No, he did. It came out in the middle of those two games. Oh, no, no. I I mean, well-received. The second one was pretty good. Yeah, it was all right. The third one, though. No, this is what I'm saying. Okay. came out in between the good one and the bad one. So we did, you know, an okay game last week. We did a eh game the first week, and I think we're... I think we're actually moving up. I think we're going to replace that third Spider-Man as a great, great thing with this one. Or is Ultimate Spider-Man going to see the same fate as the third Spider-Man movie? We'll, we'll find see. out later. All right. Well, sir, uh, you're disappointing me. I, I just heard from you a moment ago that you had no new pickups, and you haven't played any games this week. Now, it's been a crazy last week, uh, and I had no gaming in my system this week i i feel bad i really i've been saying a lot lately and i i haven't followed through on any of it and i'm a horrible disappointment but i'm gonna have a lot of downtime this weekend and i am committing to zone of the enders so you're still in the gba one right yeah i'm committing to it though you did beat the first one though right no oh dude you're killing me i am actually so much more further than you are right now in my challenge. Well, actually, as we discovered earlier today, I finally brought my Vita over to show John. I'm actually further in Suikoden 2 than he is. So not by and much. I haven't played it in five years. Not by much, actually. So I'm actually a higher level than you are in my version, and I'm about nine hours less of gameplay in my version. I think you're a little further in the game, but it might be because I did a level up trick midway through. Yeah. Uh, that's got to be it. But yeah, I'm like hammering you on in terms of level. But your party is pretty much the same as mine. The only difference is I have Clyde... Um, or Clive, I think is his name. Yeah, Clive, who actually has like a gun, and you have some other random character in your party. There's that, a lot like, of those. Th- yeah, 108 of them to be exact. So, recent pickups, though. Um, I, of course, went to GameStop again because they had to buy three for 15 on 9.99 and under, and uh, had to take advantage of it. So, I initially, in my hands, had Final Fantasy Type O. I had Super Dungeon Bros. and... Uh, Hyrule Warriors on a Wii U, uh, all of them under 10 bucks. Of course, I go to the counter and I have my nice, fresh Final Fantasy Typo box, lay it on. They search for about 15 minutes, can't find a damn game. Completely ran out, just had a random case sitting on the shelf. So I ended up having to switch it out for, I think it was Lichdom Mage is a game I picked up. Is that what it says in the pile? Yeah, Lichdom Battle Mage. Battle Mage, there you go. I have no idea. I had a pretty cool cover and videos looked interesting. Just Six thousands of spells on the back of thousands, the box. Thousands of spells that I will never do. I might not even ever play it. But regardless, I now have it. So that was my pickup. Um, 
Let's was see. it was it just RPG enough to fall into your your collector frame? No, it was just that I couldn't find another game that looked pretty cool for under ten bucks. That that's really what it amounted to. Like I wanted Final Fantasy because I didn't have that one. Well, did at, you at wind least... up saving money buying a game that you don't even want? Technically, yeah, because the games were um, three for fifteen. If it was so, basically, I purchased twenty eight dollars worth of games. Uh, for 15 bucks okay so like regardless it ended up being better to go that route yeah so they all came out to i think it was yeah five bucks a pop so hyrule warriors is the only one of those games i've ever heard of so i'm assuming that's really the only thing out of that that you count as a win uh super dungeon bros actually i've been wanting to play that one for a while and my wife said that she would uh, give it a shot with me it looked fairly interesting um basically a little dungeon crawler uh, with some cutesy little characters and how they haven't gotten sued by Nintendo for super blank bros, I don't understand. Uh, but we'll see how it turns out. That Out of the three, that's actually probably the one I'm most excited about. Hmm. Yeah, so we'll see how it plays out. But uh, two of them are in PS4, and then uh, one of them is obviously on the Wii. Well, not obviously, because there's a Switch, Switch version. version. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's the Wii U version on that. And that's only because I wanted to get it for the Wii U for, mm-hmm. for a while now. And it was $40 cheaper, I think, or 30 bucks cheaper than the Switch version. There you go. Yeah. So um, other than that, uh, I am still, of course, playing Sukaden 2. Uh, I pumped in about another hour the other day. Um, I am still waiting to get... There's one character in particular, I think I mentioned it last week, where you have the option to recruit him. And when you come up to him, he says, hey, I can sell stuff in your in your castle. I'm like, okay, cool. And he says, is there a fee to go in? And your options are... Uh, free, you don't have to pay me anything, 10,000 potch, which is pretty much gold in the game, or 300,000 potch. Well, I was going through a tutorial just because I'm trying to get all the characters, and uh, it basically says a tutorial, choose 300,000, you'll get him, it's just going to take a while, and you'll be overwhelmed with potch. I'm like, okay, cool. I've now spent probably an hour and a half since I did that, have yet to have him come back to the room he's supposed to go to. Oh, I think I remember doing that. Yeah, so it's just taking forever at this point. That so, sounds familiar. Yeah, so at this point, it's actually in the um, your character that's flying, the the winged guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's part of that city where it's like three districts. You have the kobolds. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the winglies, if I'm correct. Yeah. And the humans. It's that particular area. I think it's Two River is what yeah, it's called. Yeah, that sounds a lot a lot familiar. Yeah, so if you haven't played Sukaden 2 and you come up to that character... Tell him you'll charge him 300 potch, and uh, he will get you that money eventually. It just takes quite a while to get it. So I went ahead and got that out of the way. Um, I've recruited a few new characters, uh, moving on to the next area at this point. And uh, storyline is still good. The battle sequences are still pretty sweet, and um, I'm enjoying it. So just going to keep going through it. And uh, really what it's amounted to, man, is every night when I try to get down and play some games... I start falling asleep after 30 minutes. Yeah. So that's really what's killing me uh, during the week. And I did have my friend over last week as well. You know, I talked about it on the last episode. We were playing uh, a lot of Smash. I found my new main. Who's that? Samus. Damn. Yeah. I had never played Samus until last week. Completely kicked ass with Samus. Samus is fun. I'm not very good, but I do like playing some Samus occasionally. Yeah, no, I definitely enjoyed it, man. It's for sure a main player for me now. I will main Samus from now on i'll do pac-man on the side but samus is officially like my main so new discoveries 
Uh, well, you want to kick us off on uh, on the next section here, man? So this week, we checked out a few articles. Uh, the first one being, what's that first one? Pull that one up again. Oh, the first one on uh, how long is too long to play video games? How long is too long to play video games by a... Jeffrey McDonald from Nintendo Enthusiast. So, this article talks about how long is too long for a game. And I think it's uh, fitting they have Xenoblade Chronicles 2 as the art at the top of the article which I bought and I played some of. Obviously, I never beat it. It's 65 hours to beat and 257 hours to complete, according to howlongtobeat.com, which, if you're listening and you've never heard of it, is a great resource. You can use it to kind of see where your time's going to go if you really want to get into some, you know, thick, deep games. They're out there, and this will tell you which ones those are. And this one, I felt like I got suckered into it listening to another podcast talking about how great it was and that's just a game that i'll never be able to go back and play again it just the accents i was sick and i was also watching black mirror at the time and it was just too much and i've just i'm never going back to that game and i would never put that kind of time 65 hours is crazy Dude, that's that's actually not bad. Sixty-five hours. It's crazy for me now. Well, I mean, yeah, I could put a, I put a hundred hours into Cave Blazers, but that was a whole different. Well, that's kind thing of than like a big meaty RPG. Well, yeah, and that's kind of pick it up and play, and and you're good to go. So, um, I'm right there with you, man. Like a lot of these games take way too long. And again, to kind of reiterate your point on how long to beat.com. For anybody out there listening that has a fairly extensive collection on their hands, it's seriously a great resource. There's times where after I beat a game, I just say, okay, well, what do I want to play? How much time do I want to invest in my day? And I'll grab like six or seven games off a shelf, Google them really quick on how long to beat, and I'll just pick, you know, if I want something quick and sweet, I'll pick whichever one is shortest, looks most interesting, and that's what I'll hammer out. So... You know, there's times where I have the mindset of, you know, I just finished playing a 50-hour RPG. Um, when I play Dark Souls, for example, and pump 120, 140 hours into a game, I don't want to do that again for another game and fully invest. Like, I want to pick something up and just quickly hammer it out. And that website really does allow me to, you know, grab any game, say I want to dedicate 10 hours to something, and just slam through it and then be done with it and then move on to the next title mm -hmm. and i'll progress my way up you know 15 20 30 until i get to another crazy rpg um so yeah uh i guess in your opinion you said 257 hours is crazy i have heard of people putting in as many as four to five hundred hours into games like skyrim alone and that's not counting people that play like call of duty online multiplayer like think about how many hours they're oh yeah i mean games. i'm not saying i've never done it i've for sure done it but anymore i just i mean with my record of beating games recently and my record of actually playing through these games recently i am just i try to think of my time as a resource that i end up wasting a lot and when i waste it it's not usually playing video games. Usually if I'm wasting time, I'm doing something truly wasteful. Like, I would probably feel better throwing 60 hours at a game instead of 20 hours at YouTube a week or a month or however long it takes, you know, like, to get through a game. Or Facebook. Oh, I don't do that. 
Yeah, I watch a so the way you watch videos on YouTube, I do that with Facebook. Yeah, so I just I think that maybe maybe it's not that some games are just too long and they're not worth doing because that's obviously not true. People love throwing their time, and I used to love doing it too. But anymore, I like to think that I don't have enough time to commit to doing something like that, especially when I know how I am now and I know that I'm most likely not going to get through it anyways I'd rather aim for something shorter well and here's the thing too man 65 hours up to 257 hours for Xenoblade Chronicles right that's by choice I mean at minimum you're looking at 65 you could probably and that's an average you could probably bang it out in 45 50 hours total gameplay and be okay well no I think that um I think how long to beat runs off of minimums of submitted times. Oh, it's usually averages, I think. Is it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I thought they average. have an average section at the bottom. Uh, it's one of the two. We can. I, you don't have it up still, do you? No, I don't uh, want to type it up. So not. anybody out there listening, go ahead and look it up. How long to beat for Xenoblade Your Chronicles. results may vary. Yeah, the results may vary. Um, so to kind of stick on to that point, though, uh, you know, I've had instances like Final Fantasy X, for example. I've beat that game three times, and I've pumped in 80 to 110 hours each time I've played it. Because I've completed it, like Sphere Grid, you know, everything on, you know, a couple runs, Ultimate Weapons, getting all the summons, all that fun. Because I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the storyline. I enjoyed the aspect of the game. Eventually, it's just grinding. Uh, Yeah, but it's still fun. I mean, I I don't know. I just enjoyed that game. The key thing with Final Fantasy X, at least for me, was the ability to capture monsters and put them into the, uh, the battle arena. Yeah. And there was, like, objectives. Like, you had to capture X amount of monsters, which required you to go into X battles. And, like, some of them were, like, you know, you got to capture three, um, you know, different dragons of some sort. And that was how you got to, you know, capture all of them and move on to the next thing. And the guy would say, hey, you know, I need three of this, or I need two of this. And so what it came down to is once you got it all done, you had the full-blown arena. So it's like you were working towards things in that game. Mm-hmm. The ultimate weapons, you were working towards things, getting the different sigils and crests tied to your weapons. Like there were so many things tied into one another that at the end of the day, when you were finished, you know, doing all those activities, you're sitting there dealing like 99,000 damage with Yuna mm-hmm. hitting somebody with a staff. Like that's yeah. just how it was. And it was a lot of fun pumping those hours in. So, but that was by choice. Like I could beat the game in 50 hours or pump in 110 hours. So that I can understand. But the one of the reasons we brought up this article though, man, is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, yeah. So this particular article, uh, I want to say, is it a guy from Kotaku, I think, is the one that uh, wrote this article? It says Nintendo Enthusiast, but I think he was writing from the Kotaku standpoint. Um, He basically said that the game is going to take anywhere from, like, it's around 80 hours per house, and there's three houses. So to fully complete the game, you're looking at 240 hours just about, and... That, to me, seems forced, because if you want the full, complete storyline, you have to put in, you know, dedicate 240 hours. Well, I know a lot of those uh, Fire Emblem games have a bunch of, like, post-game content, too, like extra dungeons and extra grind and, you know, more to really sink your teeth into if you really like the systems and tactics and just throwing harder and harder objectives at yourself to see if you can overcome. So I think that the people who are into these games are really into, you know, going through and being meticulous and getting the 
the deeper enjoyment of the strategy to it. I think a lot of it comes from, whereas grind in a regular RPG like Final Fantasy X, you know, by the end of it, how how much are you actually looking at the, you know, that part versus actually doing the fight once you're at those higher levels, whereas with the strategy games, it's still, okay, move your units, get into position, do your attacks. Like, that part doesn't really change as much. You probably might be able to one-shot enemies, but the battles themselves are going to be, you know, a 30-minute hour long i don't know however long each battle is it's gonna be that long no matter what as opposed to just doing hundreds and hundreds of the same battles over and over again yeah i get your point on that man honestly i i'm not a big fire emblem fan specifically because of that type of stuff Um, i'm interested in checking the new one out once i get gamefly i might well yeah that's true you're gonna get gamefly so what you're saying is you can bring it here and we can play it yeah, I just I uh, you know I won't have to be afraid of trying new games for a short period of time anymore. That whole stigma of not completing games or not beating games will be gone in the mail, waiting for the next game to come. Yeah, basically demo sessions with Ryan. Yep, that's what it's going to amount to. Um, so yeah, uh, I I guess we can move on to our next topic, man. I don't know how much we can. Uh, beat out of uh, hours of gameplay but you know give us your thoughts and comments uh on that you know are there any games in particular you've hammered out tons of hours on that- yeah we'll share all these articles once we finish recording so that you guys can uh, have an idea of what's coming up when well, we release the new podcast this one in particular is actually on our facebook page oh it's already up there yeah Sweet. i actually shared it a few days ago when it came out so if you're not on our facebook page and you're listening to it Go like our Facebook page and go find that article. Yeah, go find us. I, I will not link it on here specifically because of that. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm excited about this next piece, dude. We've talked about it before. We're talking about it again. I know. PSVR on the PlayStation 5. New patents, or really, I guess it might be existing patents that have been out there, but we've got a little more information, and I'm just hitting my microphone here. Uh, we got a little more information on the PS5 VR and what's going to be included in this bad boy. Um, some of the leak specs are saying that uh, there's going to possibly be a variant sitting in the $250 range, which goes along with what I've been mentioning for a while now. It's going to be cheaper. Um, and they're saying 4K resolution, 120 hertz refresh rate, 220-degree uh, field of view, 5 hours battery life, eye-tracking support. And uh, they also confirmed back in June... Uh, that they're working on a VR headset which can track the user's position and eye movements. So that's a patent application that they've got uh, published currently. Yeah, so, scroll down a little bit more here. I want to get the the word right for this. So I think that this is where they're talking with the favited rendering. Mm-hmm. So it's a new rendering graphic style that uh, apparently it will load the graphics where you're actually paying attention. So I think that's where the eye tracking comes into play so that your periphery, it doesn't have to chug keeping all that as sharp. So you'll get kind of a a more clarity where you're actually paying attention on those screens, which is supposed to provide a lot better you know, allocation of resources so that it works better and you get a better performance out of your games. Well, I wonder if that's going to help for folks that get nauseous while playing some of these games, too. If, like, you're only being able to focus on key elements versus, like, 
trying to look across somewhere in the process of loading or whatever it might be. Well, and anything increasing those frame rates is going to help to get it to a more one-to-one because I think it's that visual lag that will kind of... Yeah, I mean, I I played some VR games out there. Um, I'm Like we've said before, I'm holding off because I want to get a PlayStation 5 VR because it will have backwards compatibility of PS4 games, obviously PS4 VR games. And they've already said that the current VR is going to be compatible with the new PlayStation 5 when that comes out. Name pending, I guess. But we all know it's going to be PlayStation 5. It better be. If they pull some weird PlayStation 360 or some garbage. PlayStation 4.5. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much a pro. Um, The PlayStation V. PlayStation V. Everybody's throwing in the Roman numerals instead of 10. Oh, dude. Actually, that'd be pretty interesting to see that go down. The PSV. The PSV. Well, they already had the PS Vita. Yeah. So that could even be more confusing. No, that would be, yeah. And it's not handheld. Just be a giant brick. Um, So the other thing, and I believe I mentioned a little bit ago, completely wireless is what they're toting right now. Um, I don't know if we're going to still have wands. It doesn't really say that in this article. Uh, if there's going to be wands still. Well, they're definitely going to upgrade those because those are still PS3 technology. Well, yeah, I know for sure. And that's interesting, too, that they haven't done anything in the last, what, seven years with the, the motion wands? Yeah, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, if it works, they're it working works. on the next generation and trying. I mean, I don't know if this is actually what they're intending to do maybe giving a big corporation too much credit but it seems like they're trying not to just put out a stopgap to fill in a position when they already know they're working on something bigger and better like why try to sell you on the you know one step in between that's going to be completely outdated in a year yeah you know that makes complete sense uh I guess what kind of gets me, though, is the PSVR has been out for a while now, and there was nothing outside just emotion controllers like the wands. Maybe it was a move in that, hey, you know, kind of unlike, you know, Microsoft or Nintendo, where we're just going to release a bunch of peripherals for our console and, you know, force you to buy it. They were like, you know, hey, we can this works. We can repurpose it. We can save consumers money. And that's thing I one of the things I really like about Sony is I've never had any issues, even with the PlayStation one i was able i I think was a playstation one or two i was able to use you could use your ps1 memory cards in a ps2 ps1 memory cards but i think controllers as well and then there were also um adapters back when uh the backwards compatibility first came out on the playstation 3 you could actually put in an adapter for your playstation 2 controller into your ps3 like a proprietary playstation port to a usb it was a ps2 to usb converter interesting so there was those uh the same thing for the memory card so you could actually because you couldn't put in your memory card uh you could plug it into an adapter that was pretty much a memory card to usb adapter and you could take all that stuff off so pretty interesting stuff that they've done and it's just ways to you know really just help consumers save money i think well yeah and then they turned around with the with the vita and made those proprietary memory sticks yeah. So that you have to buy their memory cards, which are ridiculously expensive. Yeah, that is very true. They did do that and screw people over with that. Um, but yeah, overall, man, I've never really had any qualms against Sony. And, uh, you know, I would trust their judgment, I guess. If they're going to keep using this wand for a while, I would trust that, like you said, next generation, we're going to get something that's a little more advanced. Maybe 
hopefully included in the bundle and not separate like the uh, the wands or the VR currently. Yeah, the one thing this article mentions that I was a little bit... Oh, by the way, did we mention who this one was by? Oh, uh, yeah. So this one's uh, an article by Danny Pays, and uh, it's through Inverse. Inverse.com. And this one I will link because we didn't share this. Yeah. So they mentioned in the article that they would be spacing out the release possibly between this and the ps5 which we've talked about before and i still think is a strong point for launch i think that having a killer you know on market second gen vr launch day with your ps5 with a killer app would be a strong selling point and i think that you could market that together as a bundle especially if they're going to have a low cost $250 one that you could bundle in and have a reasonable price point or even a little bit of a crazy price point but I think people would be way into okay I'm getting a PS5 with my first maybe VR experience and like a launch day awesome game like that would be that would be a killer. Like I'm super looking forward to getting my VR eventually. I'm still working on that, but you know, I don't know what the first game I'm going to get is going to be. And I don't know, you know, am I going to be club penguin? I don't think that's a thing. I hope not. I hope it is. So you have to get it. Well, I, I just think it would be amazing to get like your PS five with VR day one. I think that that would be incredible. I know it will have the backwards compatibility, with the old headset, so people who already have the headset will be able to make that upgrade very easy. And that's the easy. whole Sony saving people money component, too. So I'm just saying make know. a bundle version. Launch it. I think it's smarter to launch it with the console than to launch the console and then wait two months and then launch the VR. Yeah, well, you know, pending when it launches, they usually launch your consoles around November, right, just before holiday season. So it wouldn't surprise me if they even launch your console, like, in spring, I mean, not spring, launch VR in spring. So console in like November, VR in spring, or even waited till like summer to be able to do it. You know, just get the adoption rate up for the PS5, potentially sell more PS4 VR headsets, and then get people to buy the PS5. Like, that would be a smart So you want for... people... Well, then, wh- that's the thing that I'm well, saying, though, then... is if I bought a PS5, I would not go out and buy a first-gen PSVR because I already know the second gen one's coming. Like, why would I waste my time and money? Why would I wait four months after buying the console? It's a cheaper option. Still at not that being point. A, no to buy two. No, if you decide you don't want to get the PS5 VR. No, it well, sounds like this is going to be just basically an upgraded version of the existing VR. Hence the backwards compatibility component of it. Because really, a VR is what just a headset at that point right yeah but i'd rather get the new better version well yeah than buy the other version but somebody might not be able to afford that and hopefully by then they drop the price to say 150 if they release this at 250 for a headset and you could buy the old one for 150 and just be happy with that then you'd be happy to just put that on your ps4 yeah, but you could do that anyways everybody yeah. else that doesn't want to is going to have a shiny new ps5 and still be waiting for their first vr because they're waiting for VR two, true. It'd true. be like it'd be like saying, okay, I'm gonna go buy a PS five, and since it's backwards compatible, I'm just gonna get a bunch of PS four games used. Well, see, that's what I did when I had the PS three. 
I just had a ton of PlayStation 2 games that I played. I think I might have had one PS3 game. Yeah, but did you get it on launch? Yeah, I got it on launch. Okay. And I did not buy any PlayStation 3 games when it came out. I probably waited a good two months before my first PlayStation 3 game. Okay, well, you would have to wait two more months, probably, to get that VR. So you'd have a new console and no games, no new games played on it for months. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what retailers do in terms of bundles. Because I don't think Sony will bundle it, because it'll be way too high of a price point. But I think you'll see retailers doing I the bundles. I think it would be worth the price point to save the money. Because you're not going to, yeah. Because if if they're making it a core part if they're really going to make like they're the only ones doing it in the console game and they're going to try to head up that ship, they might as well just say, hey, yeah, here's the you want to be a VR gamer version. Here's just the console. Here's them separate. Save yourself 50 bucks. Go in with the investment. Well, at that point, then, you know, do you even do it separately? I mean, if you're going to have the option, people like- that. You know, like you said, maybe well, yeah, they're waiting. Want to yeah. wait? Yeah, that's true. Well, and not everybody wants VR. You no, know, some I people know. just want to sit back and play their Call of Duty or race their Forza or whatever they're doing. Forza's on Xbox. Sure. Yeah. Gran Turismo. There you they go. Still make Gran Turismo? They do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, I haven't played one of those in many years. I have multiples, just haven't played them. Uh, but yeah, I'll be stoked to see what happens, dude. Um, I think the price point, it's for me personally, it's going to be pending what it costs to buy a PS5. You know, if it's 350 or 500, that's really going to be what, um, what kind of makes, makes a decision for me on, on what I do with the VR initially. Yeah. I mean, I'm just excited that it's really turning up. Like for a while there, it seemed like, eh, some people have Oculus Rift, some people have Vive. Some people have PSVR, but it just really didn't seem like it was really going the way we thought it was going to go. Like, as soon as the Oculus was, like, announced as a thing, I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be freaking everywhere. I still don't know anybody that has VR, but it's like once once it hits with the PS5, I think that it's going to be the real first big foot in the door, moving forward, pushing the industry to, like, really move that way and that that i'm excited for and i've been predicting this one for a while man the whole wireless component of it like wanting to wait like these are all things that i figured sony was going to do to really push the you know push it forward for vr and really make this a main staple in in the general home and as things start progressing you know stadia and cloud gaming and everything else you know it could come down to it ends up being hey you can play your games on something like you know, your TV through PlayStation now. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, by the way, we have this headset, so you can also do VR. Mm-hmm. So I can see some uh, some cool things coming down the pipe with Sony down the road. So we'll see. Uh, future is quite exciting right now for video games. All right. To our next subject material, Ryan. So not only is uh, PlayStation talking about new tech Nintendo's talking about new tech. They are rolling out new Switch, and we're not talking about the Switch Lite. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Switch Lite, Switch, Switch Go. handheld, Switch probably going to break at some point very easily. So they're coming out with a new base model version with better battery life and some new chip. 
Yeah, so the article that we're referencing is Gita Jackson of Kotaku, and Brian, is that Ashcraft I see on there? Yeah, he did the second article. We're kind of tying these two in because they're both Nintendo. The second article uh, Brian wrote is about the Joy-Con drift issue, but we'll get to that in a sec. Yeah, so the cool thing with this is... um, they're going to be getting a new NVIDIA chip. They did this a while back. This typically isn't big news uh, for consoles. Consoles over time go through uh, periods of time where they just, during their life cycle, they upgrade the chips because new chips are on the market, and it helps with the processing power and you know overall uh, Small the upgrades. system. Yeah, just minor Not upgrades. Not a whole new switch, but new enough. Yeah, and it really helps, I guess, with um, you know curving the whole issue of hacking consoles and cracking them and all that good stuff. So... Uh, that and then in this case with the switch because it does have a battery included in the system since it helps with the overall processing it all also helps with the battery life on this console so you're looking at initially with the old switch the 2.5 to three and a half hours of life that you had to play zelda in handheld mode is now more in the five and a half to six hours range uh anywhere up to nine hours i think is what the article references so pretty sweet do you want me to look that up just verify the nine hours yeah, nine hours sounds like a lot, but I it mean, does hey. sound like a lot. But we will go through. So oh, yeah, yeah. Two battery point... life lasts between yep. four and a half and nine hours, depending on the game. Breath of the Wild lasts about five and a half hours. Okay, so a and maximum com- of nine, depending on what you're playing. For comparison's sake, the uh, Nintendo Switch Lite is three to seven hours. Okay, so that's in the middle, uh, slightly better than the Switch we currently have. Not as good as the Switch we're gonna get. Yeah. So what's interesting is. You know, they're releasing the Switch Lite, but, you know, $100 more, you can get more battery life, the ability to dock to your TV, still have handheld ability, and, oh, by the way, if your Switch Lite has Joy-Con Drift, as we're going to talk about in a minute, you can't exactly replace that super easy versus I can go ahead and get new Joy-Cons, send my broken ones to Nintendo to get repaired, and then still be able to play my game. Yeah. Like, two sets of Joy-Cons for 370 and... The ability to not worry about is my system going to break and oh yeah i can dock it and play it still on a pro controller yeah so i think the nintendo switch Lite is dumb as hell but i mean it's for its own market I but know, I, I know i think that this uh so the problem with joy con drift is a bigger thing than i thought i know that it happened to me quite some time ago i actually thought that it was due to the case that i keep my switch in when i'm carrying it around with me i have yet to experience it Knock and, on wood. Yeah, and I thought between the case that I had gotten for it, that really nice uh, Waterford case yeah. or Waterfield case, uh, and playing hundreds of hours of Cave Blazers, I thought I toasted the controller. And uh, apparently a lot of people have this problem beyond, you know, it, the article that uh, Brian wrote in, Actually, no, Gita wrote Gita in, wrote this one, is talking about how half the Kotaku staff has Joy-Con drift issues. Yeah, and they had mentioned that there's a subreddit that has like 25,000 mentions or upvotes on it regarding Joy-Con drift as well. Oh, a quarter of the staff, actually. Yeah, a quarter of the staff at the... They didn't realize it was such a big issue until they went onto that subreddit and it's 20, over 25,000 um, upvotes that have happened with that subreddit. I haven't experienced this, so I haven't seen it yet, uh, personally. Um, I've seen some videos of how it works, and uh, for anybody that's not familiar, it's pretty much where the Joy-Con is drifting off to the side and uh, moving with the system not having any 
thing going on. Like you could literally be sitting there and it's just drifting off to the side. And in fact, some of my PlayStation 3 controllers have that issue. I don't know if you've experienced that, but there's a, a joystick drift on PlayStation 3 controllers when over time playing first-person shooters and such, where you're kind of mashing down that left button to run mm-hmm. or left joystick, uh, that does occur as well. So I've got a controller out there that when I'm playing Sukuden, it just straight up drifts and you can't do anything. Yeah. Um, so I, I need to toss that one personally, but similar issue. Um, I think it's really from just hammering out on the switch and playing so many hours on it. Hence why I probably don't have the issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, from what I understand in this, it's like four bucks shipping and Nintendo will replace it. It just takes like two weeks is the biggest like issue that people have. See, I, I need to just send mine in cause my friend, he has a switch and he never plays it very much. And if he does, he plays it with his pro controller. So I've been borrowing his joy cons for months now. Really? Yeah. So you're going to break his too? Uh, at some point, I'll have to send at least one set of them in to get fixed. Yeah, you might as well do that now. Like like I said, it's like four bucks. And apparently you could do it yourself for a dollar. That's what it says. That's what it says. I don't know what they're talking about. I've never heard of getting a do-it-yourself repair kit for a dollar. Um, but some of these people on this upvote, man, or this red are like high and mighty. They're like, yeah, this is a luxury purchase of 80 bucks, which it can be. Um but they're like, I shouldn't have to pay a dollar to do it myself, and I shouldn't have to pay four dollars and ship it out. It's like, you bought the console, like you know it's going to have issues regardless. All consoles do. All electronics have problems. I guess what bugs me though is that Nintendo's releasing a new chip. They're releasing, you know, a longer battery life. They're doing a Switch Lite, and they're not addressing what's apparently a major issue with their console. Mm-hmm. Like they're just saying, okay, we'll repair it. We don't have a permanent fix for it. Like. Are they ever going to do this? Like, is it ever going to be repaired? And is it going to be on the Switch Lite? Yeah, I guess it just depends on how much Joy-Con you're actually using. I would wager that there's probably a good amount of people out there who just leave their Switch docked and use a Pro Controller. Well, I leave my Switch docked, but I actually use the Joy-Cons. So, I should get some Pro Controllers, though. Probably be easier. But I wouldn't have the whole motion capability and being able to play bad games like 1 and 2. There you go. Yeah. Well, you got anything else on Nintendo, dude? Uh, Yeah, I got one more thing for Nintendo. And it's called Ultimate Spider-Man for the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, dude, I, I'm not with you on this one. I did so, not like it. Are you, Ultimate, are you shooing me? No, Ultimate Spider-Man uh, came out for the Nintendo GameCube and uh, the... PlayStation and the Xbox and the Game Boy Advance and the DS. It came out on a whole bunch of stuff back in September 2005. Developed by Treyarch and Vicarious Visions. Published by Activision designer was uh, Brian Reed. And uh, didn't Treyarch also make the uh, first Call of Duty Modern Warfare? I don't know. Maybe. I think they did. But um, they... Made a pretty good game, I think. So it got mostly sevens when it first came out. Like, it got kind of pretty average scores. Not great, but not bad. And uh, I I would like to think that that's probably what I think about it. It's a real... It's a real interesting looking game. It really leans hard into that comic book vibe with cell shading. Uh, all of the cutscenes and interactions that you have with other characters they do the comic book panel clipping uh i didn't notice were there speech bubbles 
Uh, no. There weren't any speech bubbles, which would have been nice when Venom was talking. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely bring that. Dude, I agree with you, though. Like, the cell shading is awesome. I love the comic book style to it um, that comes up. And really, like you said, the panels. When the panels are coming up for the different interactions with characters and, and the different fights and such, that's actually really cool. Um, I don't think it's aged very well at all. I think the game is, you know, there's other GameCube games and even PlayStation 1 games out there of Spider-Man. And other Spider-Man games. And other Spider-Man games in general that I think have aged fantastically. This one, in my opinion, does not age well at all. No, it does kind of have that, you know, empty kind of feeling where they tried to build this big world, but they don't really have a lot of stuff they could put in it. And, where they put you know, the draw much. distance for the buildings and stuff, everything kind of becomes just polygons in the distance. But I think that the cell shading kind of lends itself well to being able to excuse just solid shaded buildings in the background like that is a comic book thing like you would have just blocked out black skyscrapers in the background of a comic book but the thing is is like this is pastel colors and the the river is completely white like it's just the color is so off for the actual background that that's probably what threw me off the most like i almost would have rather had a black background or black, you know, uh, buildings in the Fog background. Fog it out. Yeah, basically. You know, have it set to where it's not so obvious that it's an old game. Well, I mean, they wouldn't know, obviously, at that point in time that it's going to be an old game. But, you know, just the way it's built, there's other games out there do a much better job on the overall rendering of buildings as they come to, into the fray and the background of it. I just think they went for too much and definitely missed on this one. The controls are pretty simple uh they're actually solid yeah they feel responsive you know you've got your big do button in the middle for jumping around attack button dedicated wall climbing button you know and everything seems like you know we did a race against the human torch which was fun i like all the appearances i won references that we've seen i did win the human torch race thank you you sure did i sure did yeah but i mean just in the first few levels of the game you get Human Torch, Wolverine, uh, Spider-Man's referencing Moon Knight and other characters. You get the Shocker, Venom, and it's uh, all the characters look like they belong in the universe. Their art style and the way that they carry themselves fits in well. Spider-Man's quippy and young, and I'm not familiar with Ultimate Spider-Man very much, but I think it's just uh, a very good iteration of spider-man especially compared to what we've seen with like the earlier takes like some of those earlier takes like carnage was i thought very successful at pushing through that spider-man 90s vibe and i think that this gets through a lot of that visually but i think that it was kind of missing a little bit of it's, to your point, it felt empty. Yeah. You know, when I'm walking around... The world around, itself is the part that lets me down. It all looks very appealing and like it fits, but it doesn't feel like I'm in New York. It feels like nobody's around and the cars all move super slow. It's just... If they move at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm going through Central Park and I see like two people and it feels super small compared to everything else. They're like, Central Park is huge. So 
when you go into it, it looks like a little neighborhood park. Like it doesn't feel like Central Park in the game. And we're definitely dealing with an older game with more limited. We are. But, you know, could they have sacrificed like could they have taken out the whole Queens component of it and just put in New York? Like, did they have to have Queens in there? Like there's certain things that you wonder, like, could they have removed that? Do they need all the low buildings that you can't swing between very well anyways? Exactly. I mean, like, it does kind of give the, the overall feel, but there's ways that that could have been done to to put more into the game. And, I, you know, it's just disappointing when you're walking through the cities and there's not a lot of people to interact with. Or the only time you really see a person is when they're in, like, distress. That's the only time that I honestly, while playing recall seeing different individuals like consistently like somebody needed help and you got to take them to the hospital Mm -hmm. so that for me you know and for you i guess too is just it's an empty feeling and while you're swinging through it's just not as you know bustling as you would expect new york to be or even queens to be yeah i remember really liking this game when i had it on gamecube when it came out back in the day nostalgia's a bitch Huh? Yeah, well, I, I still think that it was uh I think it was fun enough to play. So let's get down to let's get down to brass tacks here. So the most expensive version of this game, 1462 on PS2, the cheapest, 488 for the PAL PS2 version. But today we're looking at a complete inbox for GameCube, which is gonna run you 1457. Now that's down right now. It actually dropped a buck fifty in the last month alone. Rightfully so. And that's uh, that's down from a peak at nineteen ninety five in August of twenty seventeen. So if if you're looking to get this game, you know, it's on its way down and I'd say it's probably worth picking up. And if you don't want to pay that fourteen fifty seven it's uh eight thirty nine loose and that's going down too. And I know buying loose you know, discs is never really a great thing, and there's no real, you know, guarantee that it's going to be quality at that point. But what do you think, John? Um, well, you're not going to like it, Ryan. But first off, I definitely felt that Maximum Carnage last week was a far superior game than this one. Just much better overall. Controls, fighting, coloration. Controls, you remember trying to get up that building? You know, our uh, Sega controllers were not that great. Okay. Yeah. So, so the you, controller, not the controls. Not the controls. The controller sucked last week. That's what it was. We need to use a different controller next time. Uh, this game, controls were solid. I didn't like the worlds. The cell shading was pretty cool. Um, story just felt kind of empty to me in what we played. Even the interaction with Wolverine and Venom was just kind of like, bleh. I would say... I, the max that I would be willing to pay for this game, if I did not have it, would be $5 complete in box. I would really? come nowhere near the $14. No way in hell would I pay that. The $2.99 I paid for that back four or five years ago is what I'd be willing to pay for it loose. Not even that. $2.50 loose is the most I would pay for this. I did not like it that much. Okay. Well, I, I, would say, I would say my, my rating on a scale of 10 would probably be a 5. Damn. Yeah. That's harsh. Well, I'm going to be a little more generous. I'm still going to say that it's inflated. I would say I'd say I paid 10 bucks for it in a box with the manual. You know, if it was nice looking and I really had to get that Spider-Man kick 
And also, I think that playing as Venom is super fun. Like, you only did a fight, but being able to, like, leap around the city as Venom is a part that I really... I liked a lot when I was a kid playing because, you know, it's more destructive and it's a little bit more of a impactful play style. It's not as, like, just swinging. You're more, like, leaping and jumping and yeah. being a monster, which is kind of a fun experience, you especially know what, on Game You know where else you could play as Venom? Maximum Carnage on the Sega Genesis. I never got that far. Yeah, we did. I played as Venom. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for those, like... The, what were you in front of a bank or something yeah time. I don't remember what it was but I could play as Venom in that and that yeah. was better better uh, fighting Ryan I don't I, I bet it was better fighting actually it 100% it was, was actually way better fighting <laughs> can you agree that the colors were better too um remember you're comparing a Sega Genesis versus a GameCube so you're beyond you're looking at Super Nintendo graphics versus GameCube graphics at this point well, yeah, but it is a very unique stylized art. So is Maximum Carnage. I think they both look good. I don't know why you're trying to make me choose, John. Because, you know, Maximum Carnage is superior. That, that's the main reason we're looking to choose here. Well, um, I think there's one thing we can both agree. Are we ending the episode right here? No, John. We still have one thing to talk about. We both have seen Far From Home. Not homecoming, mind you. Not homecoming. Far from home. Well, we have seen that, too. We have seen that, yes. But we're talking about homecoming. And Mysterio. No, we're talking about far from home and Mysterio. God, man. they Why did they do that? I don't know. Why would you have home in both subtitles? I can't wait for the third one. Spider-Man Returns Home. Spider-Man. A new home. A new home. That's bad. Be perfect, dude. Oh God. Home strikes back. Home strikes back. <laughs> Return of the home. Return of the home. So uh, uh, yeah, I think that we could both talk about it. Uh, spoilers. Just minor spoilers. I already spoiled Mysterio. Do we want to do minor spoilers, or do we want to just go full blown? Let's just go full blown. So if you haven't seen it, stop listening here. We're happy you listen to uh, the podcast. Give uh, us inflated. Uh, oh, for the game itself, I'm going to have to say uh, this game is completely inflated. You're yeah, on it being inflated yeah, as mildly. Yeah, we're saying it's inflated. But you know what's not inflated? Our uh, reviews online. You need to give us five-star reviews on Podbean, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like our Facebook page, like our Instagram. Uh, just anywhere you see Game Deflators, Watch like it and share it. value climb as you hit the stars. Exactly. That the value will climb as we get more five star reviews, but it won't be inflated. That'll be actual value. Actual value. The better no. the reviews, the more actual value you'll get out of the podcast, and you'll feel good about yourself too yeah. for helping us out. Uh, no four star reviews though, or three, or two, or one, just five. Just five. Just, just five. like the movie. Yeah. Oh five my god. Stars. Great. Excellent. Okay. Awesome so it, it, and to to kind of cap it off here really quick for anybody who hasn't seen the movie. Go review our page, Facebook. You can get off now. We love you. Let's talk about Homecoming. Lots of spoilers. Far from home. Far from home. Far Not from homecoming. Home. God damn it. We keep doing this. All right. So. The Spider-Man movie. We'll just you, call it that. You start first. Uh, so I loved it. Uh, I think that it was a great portrayal of Mysterio. I think I kind of knew where it was going to go. Like, if you know who Mysterio is... You know that it was probably always going to wind up going off in that direction. But the journey to get there, to let it happen, was still done really well. Like, it was staring you in the face the whole time, but it still 
had an excellent delivery. So I absolutely love what they did with Mysterio and the direction I went and getting Spider-Man's trust and making it seem like this Tony Stark type of figure that he was missing in his life and just to see it all kind of fall on his face but or see him fall on his face. The one thing that I do want to point out in that film that I really liked the most was when they went ahead and took Peter Parker and put him in scenes where it was pretty much a young Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I was dying in laughter when he said that he liked Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love Led Zeppelin. Oh, dude, oh. that was fantastic. And then Happy uh, with his uh, with Aunt May, that was just pure hilarious. And, like, that was kind of off. Like, I wasn't really expecting that when I first started watching a film. Um, but it was still pretty funny. Yeah, overall. I think the... Uh... All the side characters were great, too. Ned made a really good appearance in this movie again. Mm-hmm. And um, the, uh, what what they call him, Night Monkey? Oh, my God, dude. Night the Monkey night was monkey. hilarious. Dude, every time that they referenced it, it was like, oh, it's Night Monkey. It was, that was funny. The, the visuals were awesome. Like, the effects in these movies just keep getting better and better. And, like, I... I didn't see it in 3D. I don't even know if this one was out in 3D. I think it was. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen... I think I saw Avengers in 3D. The most recent one? No, the one before that. No, I don't know if I could do three hours of that one in 3D. Yeah, but it was, uh, you know, it was such a spectacular visual movie. All the different locations were cool. All of the... And I think that the trickery of this one, like having him be so a special effects character driven that they were really able to go full blown with like those crazy sequences where he was using all of that tech to, you know, really do his Mysterio thing and do it in like a really cool way. What's interesting is that, you know, so I think you brought this up as well where you have the two aliens and they're from actually Captain Marvel which I haven't seen yet those aliens oh, that are yeah, in the film yeah yeah so they have the scrolls yeah yeah at so, the end you know the whole thing of Nick Fury and him not figuring things out like as I'm watching I'm like this is so unlike Nick Fury like him getting caught up in all these different issues like what the hell's going on here and then of course the the mid credits at the end kind of answered that for us it's like it wasn't really Nick Fury the whole mm-hmm. time um but yeah so that was pretty cool and I would have to say, to your point, the special effects of Mysterio where, you know, they're going into all the different pieces of the world and Spider-Man's just freaking out because he has no idea what's going on. Uh, that was super cool to see all of that going down. Like the whole him being blinded by what's going on and falling down a building and them cutting out of different scenes to show like what's actually happening and why he's getting hurt. That was actually pretty cool. And uh uh, the whole Peter Tingle. I love that. They never did once say um, Spider-Sense. Nope. It's the Peter Tingle from now on. Oh, man. You know, you know, there's going to be a third movie that comes out. And I just wonder how they're going to reference it. You know, that they're going to have to say Spider-Sense at some point. Or Spidey-Sense. Yeah. I think that um, it really lent itself to be another successful out-of-the-park sequel i think that most of the marvel movies since like thor 2 for ragnarok no are you talking about the the dark Dark world World? that was pretty good yeah well that was like the last dud 
that yeah. I remember. Like, uh, well, I don't know. I wasn't too into Guardians 2, but it wasn't terrible. Guardians 2 is my favorite so far. I just, I think that they keep making all these great movies and I keep thinking, okay, when's the steam going to run out on this? When's the steam going to run out on this? And it's like, well, you have so much material to work with and they, they've picked such great actors for, you know, their casting mm-hmm. that I don't, you know, unless they try to reboot this group of actors they've chosen is just so great that you well, can't screw it up. Jake Gyllenhaal killed it. Yeah. I love him as an actor and he did such a good job in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess uh, you know, based on the middle credits and the uh, the final end credits, where do you think they're going with this? Um, I mean, what is it? There's Secret a- War or Secret Evasion or something. They should be doing. I think they're doing a Secret Wars movie, which would tie in on the black suit Spider Man. So maybe they do Amazing Spider Man. You know, as a as a third movie. Well, they've already done Amazing Spider-Man. That was the Andrew Garfield ones. Yeah, but that was Andrew Garfield. We're yeah, talking they're about not a whole new name actor. It the Amazing Spider-Man. Well, they've already released a Spider-Man movie called The Amazing Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man Comes Home. <laughs> oh my god, that, that, <laughs> that's what it'll be named. But I think they're going to go in that type of a direction, and uh, you know, obviously tie in with Secret Wars or something. I mean, it's all part of their like Phase Four plan. They're already doing, uh, or they're talking about, there's going to be a Thor 4. Yeah, so, I saw that. You know, I'm still waiting for Doctor Strange 2. That's oh, going to be the one that I'm looking forward to. Black Panther 2, right? Is another one coming out? I'm sure. Yeah, that, the first there's a one lot. was so good in it. There's a lot so out well. there. And uh, yeah, like we said, this movie, five stars, absolutely fantastic. There's some people that are haters out there that don't like it. You know, I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan typically um but i've really been engaged with these films and i've enjoyed every moment of them and uh as not being an avid spider-man comic book reader i can go into these pretty fresh and uh i've really enjoyed them just from the the aspect of it being a superhero movie yeah so all right so uh one more thing i guess we forgot to mention earlier so what's our what's going to be our last what are we capping spider month off with wait no we've got no, we still got one more, one more Spider-Man. Oh wow, we do have. Do we have two more? No, we've really got one more. But I guess we can hammer it. You know what it was? Is we did one like the first week of July. I think there's five weeks in July this go around. Oh, uh, yeah. there's five days that we record on. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we have two more. It's gonna be a long Spider Month, folks. Yeah, dude. Um, now the movie will be out before we even finish this. So. We have the PS4 version, but maybe we cap off with that. Um, I'm thinking Separation Anxiety next week. All right, Separation Anxiety. We've already uh, looked at a bunch of those, you know, other games by those studios, so we might as well go back and see how they did with this one and see if that keeps going up. Well, I mean, we've already hit Game Gear, Sega Genesis, GameCube. Do I have one on, like, I mean, I'm, I wonder if I have it on PS1. We didn't do Game Gear. Yeah, we did. Oh, no, we didn't because my Game Gear was broken. Yeah. That's right. We did it on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. So we've done Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. GameCube. Nintendo GameCube. Um, do you have the PS2 uh, Spider-Man? I don't know. Keep or talking while PS3 I look. PS3 Spider-Man 2? Keep, keep talking while I look. Yeah. So uh, that's the one that everybody absolutely fell in love with the web swinging on. And... Uh, 
was based off of the movie. Yeah, that was PS2. Also by Treyarch. Um, so I think that from moving forward from here, we're going to see what we can do to try to bring the podcast up and try to elevate it and see where we can go. We're going to try to look at going to a games convention. Yeah, game coming on. Up. Yeah, game on Expo. So that should be pretty cool. Uh, I don't have it on PS2. I don't have it on PS3. As I've said, I'm not a big Spider-Man fan, um, and I don't even have it on PS1. I do in in Florida though, uh, which is interesting. Well, we'll just do separation, separation anxiety. I've been wanting to play yeah. that one, so we can definitely do that. But yeah, so game on Expo. Hopefully, we can go to that, pass out some business cards, maybe do a giveaway. Yeah, if you guys stickers. live here in Phoenix and listen, come check us out. We'll be there. Uh, what was the other thing that I was going to bring up? Five star reviews. Check us out on all the social media oh, platforms. After Spider Month is concluded. So I want to jump in on this really quick. And you can say yeah or nay, but it's we've had two suggestions so far from listeners. Um, co op games was one option, so a month of co op games or wrestling games. Ooh, I would say let's do co-op games because I still don't know if I'm over Simpsons Wrestling. You know what's funny is I actually referenced that in the comment. I was like, as long as there's no Simpsons Wrestling, we're good because that was just a bad experience. Right. I do have some great wrestling games. but I don't have a lot of familiar, you know, with those. So maybe we could do that. Maybe we should make a poll and just see which one, you know, our followers actually want to see. Yeah. We could do WrestleMania month. Or we could do... Well, that's in April, so that might be better for April. Oh, is it? Is that yeah, when WrestleMania is? Yeah, I think WrestleMania is? is in April. Okay, so we could put that on the books for later on down the road. Yeah, that'll work. Okay, so co-op games in August. We're going to co-op August. But we got to finish Spider-Man first. Spider-Man. All right, and we have eclipsed an hour, dude. Woo. Yeah, we are... Speaking of far from home. Yeah, you need to get home. So... Uh, with that being said, thank you for listening. Five-star reviews, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, anywhere you find us. Like us, share us, listen to us. And my name is John. I'm Ryan. And we are the, the Game, Game Deflators. Deflators. Thanks, everyone.